0: That was 5th Dimension. Let the sunshine in. What's up, guys? This is Cocoa Butter and Sunshine, Episode 6. I'm the host, Drea Siobhan. Today is June 3rd, which is a Saturday of 2017. And so much is going on. I have missed you guys. I haven't been able to record because of several different things. Mainly because, of course, I think I told you guys in the last episode that I didn't have a car. Well, luckily I have a car now, um, but I cannot show it or reveal it until it's half paid off. So give me a minute on that one. I'll show you guys that, uh, on my Twitter account, which is Cocoa Butter Sun. I hope you subscribe, um, and then, you know, just have some conversations with us or with me and any guests that I have. I'm supposed to have a guest on, but of course, you know how things go with black folk, um, um, I invited a young lady to come and talk, up, you know, a, 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 on our talk about it section uh, on a post that she, on something that she posted on Instagram. And so I, you know, reached out to her and said, I want to, would love to have a conversation with you about this topic and no reply. So, you know, it is what it is. People act funny. Um, so let's get the show started with the weekly wrap up. Convict
1: music, uh-huh. See, I can kind of recall a little ways back, small trying to ball, always been black. and my hair, I tried it all, I even went flat, had a gummy curly top and all that crap. Now, I was trying to be appreciated, nappy-headed brothers, never had no ladies. Then I hit the barbershop real quick, had them give me little twist, and they drove them crazy. Well, I could Get no job Corporate wasn't hiring No dreadlocks Ooh, Then I thought yeah. About my dogs On the
0: block And I understand Why the chose To steal and rock. Uh-huh. Was it the hair That got me this far uh-huh. All these girls These cribs These cars uh-huh. I hate to say it But it seems so flawed
1: Success didn't come Till I cut it all off uh-huh. Little girl With the pressing curl Age I got a Jerry curl Thirteen And I got a relaxer I was the source Of so much laughter Fifteen and it all broke off. when I went on natural. February 2002, I went on and did what I had to do. Oh, because it was time to change my life. To become the woman that I am saw. 97 dreadlocks all gone. I looked in the mirror for the first time I saw that hair. Head-
0: So I want to talk about uh, the black hair challenge, which was phenomenal and very exciting to see so many different people of color showing their crowns and the different textures. And it was just amazing just to see the different styles, versatility. Uh, This challenge was put on by one of the people that I follow on Twitter, Melanin Mommies, and that's at M-E-L-A-N i-n-m-a-m-i-s melanin mommies uh, did a challenge for four different styles of versatility just showing the different ways that we as people of color both men and women um, can show our crowns and it was so beautiful to see the different and various crown settings of how people put their hair uh, in different styles it was just um like I say, it was very beautiful to see the diversity, the different shades of color. You know, you had people all the way from, you know, London doing this. And so the, the greatest thing about social media outlets is that we can cross, you know, seas, we can cross countries and um, have the same challenges. When it comes to black hair, we are oftentimes, that's the first thing people see on us. It's our hair and our skin. And so the way you display yourself, as my grandma would like to say, she used to say, um, you know, the, the way that you show the world who you are is how they're going to respect you. And so oftentimes non-people of color will look at us and, oh, that, you know, because they can't do what we do. Um, they oftentimes will look at a hairstyle and it's, too rough for them, or it's too this for them, or too that for them. Again, because they cannot pull it off, um, and their hair texture is not for that. You know, that's you know, that's for them. Um, I mean, that they have their own styles and things like that, but they can't get the versatility as we can. And you know, with a black woman, we can switch up on you, put on a wig, you know, throw on some braids, and we'll be a whole different person. Um, and it's beautiful to see, uh, just because. Like I said, the the versatility and things like that. And the challenge was awesome because it's something positive. You know, oftentimes there are these challenges that are put on social media outlets, and they're to me kind of stupid, but this one was beautiful and it's showing the pride that we have in our hair. Um, That's a very important thing. But again, we're more than our hair, you know, it's a something that we can show off and display. And like my grandfather used to say, we're peacocking. Um, You can also peacock with your hair. Um, You strut off and um, show the world. You might just catch you something. But anyway, uh, so that was awesome. Some other things that are going on within the community. uh, We have Jason Whitlock. And I don't even want to talk about the disrespect as a black man that he is displaying to the world. But I will, because I know a lot of people who are like Jason Whitlock, and they really want to make a name for themselves within a community which does not respect them. And a lot of white people know when you are playing a game of trying to be, trying to say things to appeal to them. They're not stupid. And I think he thinks in his mind that if he displays this type of of um, disregard for the black community and says things like LeBron doesn't, because of his money, he he's not affected by racism. The higher you go, the more you have to deal with racism. And I don't think people understand that. Um no matter how many degrees you have, no matter how much money, you're still affected by it in some way, shape, or form. There are times where Oprah Winfrey herself said that she experienced racism and people wouldn't open a store for her. You know, she wasn't allowed to see certain things in stores because of, not because of, you know, not having the money, but it's the fact that she didn't have the skin color, you know, and I'm sure there's other people You know, I was listening to the L. Sharpton show, and there was a black doctor who said that he was went to an emergency room and all of a sudden he's working with on this person, and now this person can't see him whatsoever, but as soon as she opens her eyes, she all automatically says, Nigger, get your hands off me. Like that if if you're in an emergency room and it's a life or death situation and you have that type of response, that's in your heart. That hatred is in your heart. And for me, as a person who has higher uh, higher education degrees, I deal with it on a regular basis. It doesn't matter how much money that you have. It's, it's uh, one of those things where it's overt racism. It's certain things that people will say and do, and, and you, it may not lock you out of situations, but the intense feeling that you have when you are there and in that situation, they can make it so that you don't even want to be there. And then you have that imposter feeling of maybe I shouldn't be here when you're qualified to be there, you know, and in those situations, I was put in a situation where I was working at a company and it was the most toxic situation I've ever been in in my life. Not only was it racism, I also did, dealt with sexism and ageism. And all three of those put together could be, could drive a person crazy, you know? And then it's not like I could not say something It's I didn't want to affect my living situation, my money, you know, because you, you get put in box. And plus I was younger and not knowing what to do in that situation when you were first. You know, a lot of people say what they would do if they're put in that situation. But until you have a a, a time where you feel like there's no other options, then you can't say what you would do. Um, you can write everything down and report it. But oftentimes, people don't even take you seriously in those situations. And um, they'll say that it's just a feeling that you're having. It's not actually real. So... Those are things that you have to deal with. And I just love the response that Charlemagne the guy had of giving him donkey of the day, not once, but twice. Because this Jason Whitlock, he doesn't... It's not that he doesn't understand it. It's that he's trying to keep his job and he's trying to keep his position. And dealing with people like Jason Whitlock, Ben Carson, um, Charles Barkley, all those people who is... They know as black men, that they deal with racism. Trying to ignore it and overlooking it like it's not an issue is very irritating because you have such a platform that you can speak to people. And the reason why we can't get ahead is because we always have those uncle ruckus people who refuse to acknowledge the impact that racism has on everyone so for me the whole issue you know is is very frustrating and upsetting i met a young man the other day 34 years old who said you know it, it's it's one of those things where you have to ask were they raised around black people do they know black people Did they you know or are they trying to eliminate their whole experience that they had in their youth or you know did something traumatic happen that made them hate being black and that's one of the things so like i said i met this young man he said that he never he didn't know what juneteenth day was and i'm like as a black person how do you not know that this was juneteenth june 19th is the day that the, the 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 there were slaves who were there were people who were still enslaved two years after uh the 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 slaves were set free and one of the things that he was saying to me is that he, you know, well, that's not my thing. What do you mean that that's not your thing? And he reminded me so much of Ben Carson and Charles Barkley and Jason Whitlock. And those things kind of scare me because I'm like, these are people, these are younger people, younger than me in the community who don't take pride in being black. And that, for a black man to say that, like, again just like Jason Whitlock. It's like what don't you understand that you are a black man and you have a lot of power to to help your culture and to learn more and be enriched by such a broad history that there are black people who have done so much within the community and also like the the things that we face, the The isms that we faced and you know I I always say lost in the sauce in the sunken place because that's what I felt with this person and like again Jason Whitlock is very lost and again I feel like he is trying to make a name for himself but in the wrong way there's always there's always one um there's always one and and one time I remember telling this person I was like, you are a house nigga, and I uh, a field slave because I could not deal with the stuff that you deal with. And as I say this, recently, Bill Maher said the same thing about him being a house nigga, but he said this to a white man, and he's a white man. And what's irritating about situations like that is that Bill Maher knows better. He has a fetish of dating black women. Um, and maybe, you know, he, he empathizes with the black community, but he has no right to say those things because he's not of the African descent. Like you don't have the power to own that word anymore. You can't say that word if you are not a part of the community. And I think a lot of people like that get comfortable. And when Bill said that he reminded me of the the dad from get out, it's like, you feel that you are entitled to say that because you have maybe black friends, you date black women, you sleep with black women. Um, you you don't, but you don't, you know? And I would remember an interview that Wayne Brady had, and he said that, you know, that Bill Maher said that he wasn't black enough. And I hate the whole argument of not being black enough. I have cousins who look like they are damn near white, but they are black, you know? And if you look back in the history, any drop of black blood that you are black, right? And a lot of a lot of people don't want to accept that, but that's just the way that it used to be. Now, a lot of people used to pass, but, you know, in all in all, you're black. Um, so Wayne Brady is black enough. And the fact that Bill Maher would say that just shows like 2017 is wild. People down here just saying whatever, getting bucked with you. And um, like I said, the last, I don't know if I said this on the last episode, when I was talking about the bus situation, you know, that situation itself, I had another situation at the bus stop where a man called me a nigger. And I was just like, I, if I say something back to this man, Or if I do something back to this man while I am around the corner from where I work, I already knew what was going to happen. I was going to lose my job, my place, you know, place of uh, living. And I'm not going to allow somebody to take that from me now. If I wasn't anywhere near the place that I work, I probably would have hit him. But I don't condone violence. But, you know, in certain situations, I'm I'm a single black female, you know, with no one around. And you you talking buck to me like no so no but that's a lot of stuff that's going on in the community we got y'all president pretty much saying fuck the world (laughs) and i don't swear a lot but in this situation how do you not sign an agreement to have clean air and clean energy it's it's kind of amazing what is allowing to take place within the United States of America today, because I feel like everything that president Obama did, this man is trying to undo and it's unjust. And it's like a lot of the, a lot of the Republicans are asleep, but a lot of the Democrats are asleep as well. They're not doing anything to speak out. And, Former presidents aren't saying anything to speak out, which is crazy. We don't have any any of the, the Republicans to speak out on a higher level of, well, I think he's doing that wrong. None of the Bushes, none of... And I'm just like, where the hell is Colin Powell and Condoleezza Rice? And if they are agreeing with that man as black people, it's scary as shit. Because I haven't heard anything from those two since... I mean, a long time, a long time. I haven't seen or heard from either one of them, but I know they're probably around somewhere. But it just seems like right now it's like the sleepwalking. I just feel like that's what's going on right now in our world today. We have, oh God, there's been so much going on. I'm trying to think about some other events that I've heard of or seen and thought were just out of pocket. But those are the main, one, main ones for right now. We did have Kathy Lee or Kathy Griffin. I'll say Kathy Lee Gifford. Not Kathy Lee Gifford, but Kathy Griffin um, having a picture of herself with y'all president's severed head and uh, mocking. But again, I feel that that was just a distraction. And I say that just because. Anything to pull away from these Russian investigations is going to be a thing. You know, it's it's going to get big. Even the Kofi Feet. Yeah, there was a Kofi thing that y'all president tweeted out and that became a huge thing that he misspelled a word. Again, a distraction. But I will say this. I will say this. If they are so mad about Kathy Griffin's picture, think about all the pictures of black men hanging from trees as ornaments with their penises cut off and it's like slavery and lynching didn't exist and i know she didn't do that in she was doing that as kind of a humorous thing and i i kind of can see where she's coming from but again as As a president, you can't really do that. So that's the end of the weekly wrap up. I want to go to the next section, which is our talk about it section. And you'll learn more about me than you want to (laughs) know. See you on the side.
1: What
0: Welcome back to Cocoa Butter and Sunshine again. I'm the host, Ria Siobhan. This is the second episode or second part portion of these episode called Talk About It. And so I was gonna have a special guest in a young lady that I went to high school with, uh, based upon a post uh, that she did on Instagram, and I was very intrigued by it. Um, and the post, stated that uh, she would allow her daughters to stay with her as long as possible. Her two, she had two. Uh, young girls, uh, one's a teenager, just graduating from high school, I believe, and then a younger one. She's like they can stay with her, them as long, live with her as long as possible. And of course, on this 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 side, it's going to be a lot of TMI. Uh, some of you who know me, and some of you who don't know me, some of who are very close to me, some who don't know things about me. Um, then I'm just going to overshare today. And so the post intrigued me because. That 18 to 25 year uh, for girls is, especially with black girls, it's very important because you're just trying to, you know, of course, all youth are trying to find themselves, but we are put in a position where oftentimes we don't have anyone to fall back on. Now, I'm not saying all, but I, I will say there's a great majority of young black girls. Once you leave home, you, you're trying to fend for yourself and Trying to make a way for yourself and trying to become a young lady, and you you may get put in situations. Some go off to college, some get a job, things like that. Now I went off to college, and I was put in a situation where I didn't come from money, so it's not like I could call home and, um, you know, ask for you know three hundred dollars for this or you know hundred dollars for this. And I was raised by my grandparents, so there was not a lot of money there. So a lot of girls get put in positions when they go off to college, you know, young women of color who end up stripping or, you know, doing anything for quick and fast money. Now I did several things to make money. <laughs> Some of them I won't tell you about uh, because they're, because I could be prosecuted for them uh, probably. Uh, and it was nothing sexual, but it was definitely something. Um, let's just say quick and fast money. But I will say um, one of the things that I did was dominatrix. And so it's not prostitution, but it is a- along the lines of um, you know, something that you would normally do. And I was only 20, 20, 21 years old. And so, I again, this is my TMI moment. If you know me, you think you may know me, but you don't know everything about me. Um, and so uh, that the post stood out for me. you know, just I'm always curious about the mother-daughter relationship because I don't have the greatest relationship with my birth mother. I was raised by my grandmother. And so, you know, a lot of girls don't have someone to fall back on, you know, a motherly figure. And when they don't, they fall into uh, lines of getting preyed on and becoming, you know, girls who get pimped out. My situation was I was in college not making enough money. I had two jobs. I had two jobs and I got financial aid. And still uh, I got caught in the credit card section of not caught in that credit card thing where, you know, you get a credit card, you're living off a credit card, and then as soon as your financial aid packet goes out, it goes straight to the credit card. And so then, you know, you get snowballed into, I don't have any money now because I just paid all this money to this credit card. Well, I found a way to get out of it, but it was through dominatrix. And now there was nothing sexual with it. Uh, It was just people who wanted to uh, have that BDSM role of, you know, being I would say dominated. And so I found a lot of, okay, the, the area I went to a predominantly white school. So there was a lot of white males who wanted to be dominated by, I guess, a black woman. And there was a lot of money to be made with that. And there's no shame in my game. You know, people who know me, know me. And um, know that, you know, it's not something that I talk about just casually and say, hey, you know, I used to be a dominatrix. But people who... You know, like, know me, know my heart, know um, that I'm a good person. Now, that That's the part of my past. Now, that was 20 years ago. I'm damn near almost 40. Not really. I mean, I got a couple of years to be 40. But, you know, I'm I'm on the back end. So, um, I could talk about it now. You know, there's no shame in it anymore because, I mean, at one point, I was kind of shameful about it because it was just like, oh, I, you know, I did this but there was no sex in it you know there were just people who wanted to be called names Uh, there were people who wanted to be whipped there were people who wanted to be yelled at Uh, you know things like that told what to do but there was never any like uh, physical attributes to it Uh, and sometimes it was just primarily online Um, there's a lot of people out there there's a lot of there's a whole world out there online and a lot of my life has been spent online uh, since I primarily since I was a teen, and I'm on the back end again. Uh, so the situation happens when young girls are don't have enough money to get by. They find different ways to to get ahead. And so what I don't like is when young girls between 18, you know, even even younger they don't have a place to go. They don't have a safe haven. And so they tend to t- turn towards men. And in that time period, that frame, a lot of girls end up in prostitution, selling their body for a meal or for a place to sleep and things like that. And so for me, the, it sparked that conversation of, you know, being in that, that situation myself, not having enough money. And you have to think quick and fast of how do I get this money? Um, and so, like, it's it's one of those conversations. Now, a lot of young people, I think a lot of black people in general, we are forced to pay for our independence. You know, we're not allowed to stay at home for a long period of time. You know, I mean, I, I mean I'm not saying this is all for all African-American people because, you know, there's different socioeconomic levels for each group. So, but just in my case, being coming from the hood, of racing, Wisconsin, that was what took place. You know, there was no money to be had. And so a lot of young girls did not have a place to go after 18. It was like, you know, you got to get out and get your own spot. You know, you're too grown. And then when you have two women in a household, it's kind of like, you know, who the most dominant. There's always those those different dynamics within the, the black families. And then also within women of, with my with my situation it was just like I knew my with my personality, I like things my way. I could not live at home. I just personally could not live at home and I remember telling my grandma I was like I will like I think I went home one summer and then I was, when I was in college and I was just like, oh, I can never do this again because too I felt like two grown women could not live in the same house because I felt like I was just grown and I just felt like this situation is not for me. Uh, i living in somebody else's household because I felt like I was old enough to take care of myself And then I got in the real world and the real world was showing me. Oh, is you know, there's nothing up here but bills and stress or stress as my grandma would say and um, so, you know getting situation you get to college and and you and you realize that a lot of money goes out of your 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 hand and uh I, I remember my sophomore year getting my own apartment and this is when it all took place because i'm trying to be again grown on my own you know i don't want to live in the dorms anymore it's too much drama it is, and it's like you can't really sleep and not really sleeping good always up so you know 2021 got my own apartment and and then that's when it all began it was like okay how do i make this quick and fast money and um, just started look, Googling stuff online, how to make quick and fast money. I don't think it was Google. It was something else, it, you know, it was some type of search engine that I was using. And um, I remember I, I went to, I was on these little um, IRC chat rooms. And all of a sudden, it was like, dominatrix this and um, mistress this. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm just like, oh, okay, this is a whole different world. Talk to this this person online. And she was telling me how she... Dominates men and you know, she won by her a truck and you know, it was just like, oh, okay, so there's a whole different world and Pretty much was like his princess that he just pretty much this guy Hey, and it's kind of it's kind of like for me, you know, you think about uh, prostitution There's like in the room. There's a trick and pretty much that's what she had in some men who pretty she pretty much tricked off so again, and there's this whole world again that people do not even realize that is on the internet. I remember one time Dave Chappelle did a <laughs> did a skit about the internet and how there's uh, different sections and you know there's the the pop ups and there's you know different just different avenues of people trying to get your attention. Well, there's this hidden um, whole sector. There's so many different levels of the internet I can introduce you guys to, but I won't. Uh, especially the dark web, that is, in and of itself is just buying, trading, selling, and it's a lot of illegal shit that goes on down there. Um, it's kind of like a little rabbit hole. But um, so yeah, so for me, I just think a lot of black kids pay for their independence. And like, I really wish that a lot of black people allow their kids to stay home longer because your mind really doesn't develop until you're like 25 um, to really think for yourself. You know, when you're 18, you think you know everything. You think you pretty much can run the world. But to be honest, truth be told, your mind is so lost in sauce and don't even know what you're doing. And you still have the mind of a child. I just think about the stuff that I did when I was 18 compared to 20 years later. I am a totally different person, you know, because we grow and then we, we mature and yeah, so it's just a lot of stuff that goes on. But, you know, that's a part of my past and I don't regret anything. Um, it taught me a lot of things and uh, I've become a different person because of it. You see, there's a lot of loneliness out there. But then also, um, there's a lot of people who get taken advantage of. But I really think that there needs to be more to see. To build the self-esteem of young black girls and girls of color, Latino girls, there's a lot of Latino girls as well who, you know, don't have that safe haven. And if I could create a home of some sort, I definitely would. Um, I know there's lots of different empowerment pieces out there. uh, I think there also needs to be more emphasis on keeping kids home longer. Um, longer than 18 I don't really the decisions that are made between 18 and 25 and yes you can go to war you can vote and things of that nature but just looking back at the 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 development from myself from 18 to 20 you know to 25 that was just like a pivotal point in my life and I know it's in the lives of different young women but we don't want young girls out there uh, selling their bodies or or doing things they, that they shouldn't be doing to, to get money. And I saw Steve Harvey did another, uh, did a bit on this as well. He said, you know, young girls, he'll, his boys have to get out the house as soon as they're 18 because they're not going to be the, the ones who are selling their bodies to have a place to live. But he wanted his girls to stay, and that was just. It was very important that a man said that and understood that that those things go on within our community when girls uh, funds are are able to take care of themselves. They will find an outlet to do that. That's a little talk about section. If you know me and you thought you knew me, and that's something new, uh, I apologize for you know that this is the first time you're hearing that. Uh, but to have a conversation with me, there's that about me that I it is what it is. Nothing's gonna change. Um here's my cousin. What's up? Girl, I was just recording and I was um oversharing. I don't know if you want to be on the show too. And I was talking about the section where um I was talking about, you know, did that little uh, dominatrix stuff. I'm, oh, I'm it's, okay. it's still recording too. So I'm going to, I'm going to, should I take it off or you want to talk, talk about that section with no, me. I don't want
1: to talk about that.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> well, let me take you out the line.
1: I'm not prepared.
0: Bye guys. <laughs> You're not prepared. All right, guys. <laughs> this is the wrap up of the show. And um, thank you for joining Cocoa Butter and Sunshine. This has been episode six. Take care. Bye.